Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Nun Dalad in Maseches Ksubos. Uh, Binyamin is back. Good to see you, Binyamin. And Andrew's back. Andrew, welcome back from your vacation. Those two footprints in the sand that you saw, those are your own footprints because we were lost without you. So here we go. Uh, what were we discussing? So the Ksuba, right? Obviously, it's Maseches Ksubos, has um, different obligations that the, the text of it Right, that the chassan is obligating himself to the collar. Just drove back from Chana Edel and who does Sheva Brachas. Maybe Zohar to build a bias name So the chassan has these obligations to the collar. So the question that we were dealing with, uh, we're going to end up with a take with this guy as I gave it away. Uh, fascinating questions of not the typical marriage, right? In the typical scenario, you write in the ksuba that I'll take care of you, says the chassan to the kala. And I'll take care. And if anything were to happen to me, you'll be taken care of, so to speak, like you and your children will be taken care of, etc. Okay. Now that, and I'll have to give you obviously a certain amount. But so long. Okay. So the question is, what if you don't? You have an atypical situation, like for example, right? Uh, bas Yavama, right? What if the chasan is not a regular chasan, but a yavam? Remember we learned yavamas. So the idea of yibum, right? It's it's interesting question. Yibum, yibum is a scenario where you do not write a ksuba, but rather you write the coattails of the original chassan's ksuba, right? And then the deceased brother, he who died, Rahman al Sun, without children, right? So now when his brother takes over for yibum, he does not uh, write a ksuba. He is writing riding the coattails of the previous ksuba. So. We had a Basmim Enes, Basivama. Those are the first two cases that were addressed at the end of the Gimel Amad Beis. And now we'll start the second line up from the bottom of the Gimel Amad Beis. And we have a third question. Bayi Rabbi Lazar, Bas Shnia. This is a forbidden marriage. In that way, this Chasun Kalar are unusual. Forbidden, but Shnia. It's a Shnia Lairayas, which means it's not an Isser Erva. It's not an Isser Lav either. It's not, right? It's not a Grusha Lakoin Hedyot or anything like that. But it's an Isser Derabanan. It's like a grandmother or something like that. And so that marriage is not sanctioned Midurabanan. However, they wrote a ksuba and everything. So the question is, Yeshla Mazonos or Ainla Mazonos? So what are we going to do, right? Will uh, she get support from the estate where the father to, to die? So as we arrive at Nindalad and Madalif, the Gemara presents the two sides. Mm-hmm. Number one, came the lace like ksuba, lace Mazone. Now the mother doesn't have a ksuba in this situation, right? Because again, the ksuba, this part of the ksuba is midar abanan. Midar raisa, we have share ksus ono. Those are the obligations that the husband has to his wife. But midar abanan, we have the ksuba, and we know we have this ksuba because we want to disincentivize divorce, right? And we want um, the chasen to know that once he's in, he's in it for reals, and we want there to be consequences, and we want this girl, right, this kala that was just taken in to have some assurances, right, that if the marriage would be terminated, uh, whether it's terminated intentionally or unintentionally, right, even in the, in the case, the two cases would be death or divorce. In either way, good morning, once this kala doesn't have anybody supporting her, right, the ksuba is a derabanan uh, thing supporting her. Now, whether we, are, we already discussed in, in the beginning of ksubas, Right, whether the ksuba uh, aspect takes on a deoraisa obligation, but we're not going to get into that sugi now. But the point is that 
in the case of an Isser Darabanan, so the Ksuba is not sanctioned. So we're on the top line of Nundalad and and we're talking about in the case of an unsanctioned Ksuba. Came in the lace like Ksuba, lace Lamazone, since, right, this uh, particular unsanctioned marriage, she does not have a Ksuba, so then the question here is, what, would the daughter receive the support? So the support that the daughter would get, right, of this Kala, um, is really that which is written in the Ksuba. So that's the fascinating question. In the absence of such a ksuba, does the girl st- is the daughter of this unsanctioned marriage still entitled to support? So you might say, we'll just say it outside really quick first. That what do you mean? The girl is only entitled to support so much as the her mother is entitled to the ksuba, because her mother, because that is what gives the mother and her family right the security. Or you could say, well, her the daughter didn't do anything. She should be entitled to support. We have to support the children, irrespective of whether the mother uh, acted appropriately or not. And that's the second, uh, that's the second side presented here. O Dilma, Imo de Avda Isura, Kansura Good morning. That since the mother did an Isser, which is to say, right, the Isser here is Shniyala Arayas, an Ervader Abanan. So therefore, for that reason, the Rabbanon deny her the Ksuba. They give her knas in the sense that she does not enti- get entitled to her Ksuba. But that's only the mother. The mother violated the Isser of this Erva de Rabbanon. However, Ihi, the girl herself, the law of the Isura, right, she's an innocent byproduct of this de Rabbanon unsanctioned marriage, but she didn't do anything. And so who's going to support this girl? So because of the fact that Chazal are only going to um, give repercussions to the mother, but they shouldn't give repercussions to the innocent daughter. Therefore, lo rabbanan. So that's the question, David, at the top of Nindalan Amidalaf. In the case where a, a man marries a Shniyala Rais, which is to say an Isser Derabanan, an Erva Derabanan. So in that case, the daughter, right? Again, the text of the Ksuba says that you're going to take care of the children um, once let's say he dies, so then if he were to die, so then do we take care of the children? After all, the marriage isn't sanctioned. The wife is not entitled to the ksuba, but is the daughter still entitled to the support? And the Gemara says, teku, that the two tzadim are actually both good arguments. We don't know which one wins, and therefore it's unresolved. So now a fourth case where it's unclear whether the girl's going to get support. Bayrava, bas arusa. So this is an interesting thing, right? Uh, the Mephashim have to explain, wait, Bas Arusa, how do you get a daughter out of Arison? Aren't you, don't you only get a daughter once you've consummated the marriage? So it has to be that they had Arison and they consummated the marriage, Shalol Shem Kiddushin. Okay. And so they've not yet had Nisuin, is the point. Okay, because that's not the issue. So the question is, once you have Nisuin, so then of course it's a full-fledged Suba and of course all of the all of the uh, children will be supported. How would you, why wouldn't they constitute? You're saying, how can you avoid, so you, it's one of those things where you like have kavana low lattes, right? right. Like, I'm, like, uh, like I'm counting sphere without kavanas or something like that. No, I'm just saying, like, they, I mean, especially, like I know Kavana is always up to it, but there are three ways to think of No, no, I understand. So, <laughs> so that's what, you do it by default. That's my point. So Benjamin is saying, like, can you actually not be Makadish a woman and still have a child, and mind you, she's not just a any old woman, she's, a, she's an Arusa. 
So apparently so. Apparently you can have kavana, and we've seen this already, shalol l'shem kiddushin. Be that as it may, that was the kavana. A girl was born from such a union. There was never an actual official nisuin. And then the chasan died. So the question is, yeshla mezonos or ain't mezonos? This daughter, does she get mezonos? And now the Gemara explains it's not him. Came on the isla ksuba, isla. Now, uh, you do get a ksuba, right? A ksuba was written and, and delivered at Erison. Uh, that's a machlokas. That, that's a machlokas that we recently had on Mentes. On, um, I'm sorry, that, that's a machlokas that we will have, rather, um, uh, later on. But the question is, but the question is, according to the side that you do have a ksuba, so then do you support the daughter? Oh, Dilma came to Lotakino Rabban Ksuba at Shasni Suin Laisley. Right, so this is this is the question. In other words, if the you hold that the takana of the ksuba isn't Nisuin, so then maybe there wouldn't be. So you should say maybe it's totally on this machlokas. Be that as may teku. We don't know the answer as to what whether we would support the daughter regardless in this situation. And therefore, it's left as an unresolved question. Now, the final, fifth uh, unusual case, buyer of Papa, Bas Anusa. So we're familiar very much with the case of the Anusa. We started Ksubis with all of this Anusa business. And so, what happened here? Again, a woman is violated. Okay. Now, I'll just walk you through it. As we've already discussed from the very beginning of Ksubis, this girl, Chas Shalom, is violated, and now... She's an Anusa, and, she, and, and the Me'anes has to marry her. So obviously this is not a typical chasan, but he, ha, he does in fact have to marry her. But he does not have to give her a ksuba. Why does he not have to give her a ksuba? Because the Torah already said that he's not allowed to let her out forever. He's never allowed to divorce her. So since he's never allowed to divorce us, maybe by when, when there's death, she'd be supported. What? Right, so Mises Baal. But other than that, the divorce, he's never allowed to do, right? That's what the, that's what the Torah says. Oh, so if he's never allowed to divorce her, we don't have the Darabonan aspect of the Ksuba where you have the disincentive of divorcing her. And therefore, he doesn't have to be, uh, give her Ksuba, but it is for that reason that he doesn't have to give her the Ksuba. But that only applies to his relationship of the Ma'anis vis-a-vis this, his, his victim, this girl, his victim turned wife, right? But the girl... That's, that comes out of the union of that marriage, or uh, it is, is shouldn't have to suffer for that. That shouldn't affect her. So the Gemara says that inside as follows. So again, buyer of Papa Basa Nusa, Yeshla Mazonas, Ainla Mazonas. It says the Gemara, Alibadar Yosibar Behuda Loti Bailach. You're not going to have a question here according to Yosibar Behuda, because you'll see the Amar Yeshla Ksuba Mana, right? Because the fact of the matter is, Yosibar Behuda holds that a woman who uh, was meuneset, right, uh, that um, was violated, does get a ksuba. So there's no question, according to Rabbi Yosef Yehuda, that, again, she's not going to get a matayim, but she's going to get a ksuba mea. We already saw that machlokas, right? We've, we've been through this where we talked about the difference between 100 versus 200 and all the different permutations uh, earlier, uh, about a month ago. But now, in this context, if you hold that she gets a ksuba at all, so then obviously her daughter would be supported, right? That's not a shayla. This question only arises if you hold that the victim of the, of the ma'anes doesn't get a ksuba at all. 
and that's what the Gemara continues to say. The Gemara says, Kitibailach Aliba de Rabbanan. The sheet of the Rabbanan, the armor Yatsa Kesef Knasa Bichsuvasa. They say that the fact that we have a Knas, as we, you might recall, the Torah uh, issues a Knas to the Me'anes. That is, in fact, the Ksuba. That satisfies, so to speak, the Ksuba obligation. And therefore, according to the Rabbanan, where the girl doesn't get a ksuba per se. She gets a sum of money, but that's the knas. She doesn't get a ksuba per se. So does that mean that her daughter would therefore not be supported afterwards? My, what would be the halacha? Says, spells out the gemara. Came of the lace like ksuba, lace the mazone. Would you say that since there is no ksuba per se, then there's no mazonas that goes as support to her daughter? Odilma ksuba taimamai. Or maybe you'll say, what's the reason for the ksuba? Right, the Gemara is spelling it out. The reason that we have a Ksuba Darabanan is in order to disincentivize the divorce. That it shouldn't be easy to divorce. If he wants to do away with her, he's going to have to pay. That's an irregular case. But in this case of the Me'anes, he's not allowed to divorce his wife. And therefore, there is no Ksuba. But there's no Ksuba because there is no need for a Ksuba. And therefore, right, she doesn't get the ksuba, but that's only for the reason that this incentive, but for all other reasons would apply, which is to say the aspect of the taking care of her that, um, that has to do with uh, taking care of her children after the fact, so then that certainly should still apply. And therefore, you should have to, right, even in the absence of ksuba, according to that Perspective, even in the absence of Suba, you would still have to support her daughter. To which the Gemara says, take her. That's a good question. And we have it unresolved. Okay. So that was the last of the five questions regarding to whether the daughter uh, would be getting support going forward. So now we're up to two lines up from the Y, the two dots. At the hey, Yasubavesi said the Mishnah, right? Again, what's going to happen? So the husband says, uh, and a regular case of right marriage. What happens to an almana? So we've already talked about this. Does you know she can't just be left on the street? That's not a good scenario. A man marries a woman. He is writing in the ksuba in the text. That's what this mission is discussing. That she'll be taken care of by the estate uh, in the event of his demise. That's his promise to her. Okay. So the question is. Tani Rabbi Yosef, Bevesi. That's the interesting, right? The Lashon of the Ksuba, the promise that the husband makes, that the husband makes to the Kala, is that you'll sit Bevesi when I have a house. Lo Bevigti, not in my hut. What does it mean in my hut? So, says Rashi, Im Yeshlo, I'm reading inside, Im Yeshlo Bais, Kofen is a Yoshim Asetlo, right? Atetla. Right, Madur lefik lefik vodav. Ein yecholin lo mar la lechil veisavich. Van uzanin osach sham. Says Rashi, if he has a nice enough house and there's plenty to go around, so then all the yorshim, all of the estate, and all the people therein are going to get uh, supported, including the almana, including the widow. But Rashi continues to say, "Avol ein lo bayit ela bikta bealma tsrift sar vekatan." He's got a little shack. Okay, so then perhaps you'll say, Says Rashi, maybe the only time that you have to support the Almana is if there's enough for everyone. But if it's only a shack and you got a bunch of kids in there, 
and you got a bunch of people that really need to be supported, so maybe the almana gets last. Maybe she's going to be the first cut, right? The first man off the, the first person voted off that island where she ends up not getting the support. Would you say that? And again, that might be implied in Lushan You'll sit in my house. Yeah, that's if I'm not homeless. But what if I'm homeless? I'm, I'm going to support you. So what would be the question? So Yosef so adds that, by the way, that would only have to do with, uh, that would only have to do with sleeping arrangements, sleep, staying there. But Mazonos, that already is for sure says, as Rashi again explains, that even if there's not enough room for her to stay over, right, she still, according to Rabbi Yosef, would have to be supported, which is to say she'll go live wherever she can. She'll go back to her family or whatever, but that family won't have to necessarily support her. It is already written in the Ksuba that the, uh, right, the husband, the deceased husband, will give her the support. So the question is, is he promising room and board? Or he's certainly promising board, right? Certainly promising the, the, that he's going to support her in terms of Mizonos. But is he also pro- promising her that she'll have a place to live, like a place to stay? So Rav Yosef says that only the, the food, the support, she's going to get. But it's possible in a case of where he's destitute and living in a shack, he's not pro- promising her a place to stay. Whereas Mar, Baravashi Amar, Afilu Mizone Nami Lesla. He says, no, even the food. In other words, the room and board go together. Once he says, you're going to stay in my house, so he means you're going to stay in my house if I can afford to have you in the house. And the room and board go together, which is to say, if you're not staying in the house, don't expect me to pay for your mazonas either. Wherever you go, get your food from there. So that's Mar Baravashi Shita. Mar says, That's not the halacha. The halacha is you're definitely going to support her. That's implied in the ksuba. That's a promise of the chasan has to make, and he has to make do on that promise for the Kala. Okay. So that is, that's part of the Gemara. Now we have another question, which is, until when is this going to go on? Until when is she supported, right? The Chassan, Rahman al-Atzlan, right, uh, deceases, it, it predeceases his Kala by 60 years, okay? So what? This, this estate is, is meant to support him for the entire, entirety of the rest of her life? Like, is there going to be any limit to this? So obviously if she remarries, like actually remarries, so then we're going to say she's no longer, she's going to now be supported by her new husband. Okay. So that's for sure true. Question is, what about if she starts dating? Like, at what point is she considered no longer, right, the widow, right? The, you know, Vyankel Pipik Finkelheimer uh, passes away, and, 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 and the widow Finkelheimer is considered what the, the widow Finkelheimer for how long? Like how long is this going to last? It says the Gemara, I'm not going to Shmuel, if the Shadchan gave her a suggestion, so Karen Traub gives her her name, and she accepts. She says, oh, okay, I'll go out with him. From that day forward, she no longer gets supported by the Finkelheimer estate. Right from that day forward, she's already just by accepting the marriage proposal. Right, she's no longer why because it says he's 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 again the lusha. This has a lot to do with the intent over here in the ksuba. The intent of the ksuba is you say all the days that you're going to be in almana. That's that's when I'm going to right support you. So if she's already accepting shidduch uh, suggestions, is she still the Finkelheimer almana? 
Not necessarily, right? Because already at that point, she's like goes back, reverts to the status of, of a single girl, ready, right? Single and ready to mingle, um, and ready to uh, accept suggestions. And at that point, according to Rav Nachman, in the name of Shmuel, she no longer gets the support. Okay. <clears throat> um, however, that implies that if she doesn't accept the proposal, she's not ready. Ooh. So then, perhaps she would still be entitled to the support, right? The, the widow Finkelheimer still uh, identifies as such as the, as as Rav Finkelheimer's widow, and therefore she should still be supported as such. That's the sheet of Shmuel. Right, so that's what the Gemara continues to say. It makes that inference. It says, "Haloni spisa, yeshlamizonos." Right? If she's not right, so Rashi says that I read it incorrectly. Rashi says the way you're supposed to say this is, "Haloni spisa, yeshlamizonos bitmia." What do you mean? You're saying if she gets a shidduch suggestion and she refuses it, she still gets supported? Says Rashi, "Vafilo ein haikva machmas kvod bala el shaloyatov a." Hagunlah, is this true categorically? Karen Traub suggests somebody and the girl and the widow rejects it. So does it matter why she rejected it? Like, shouldn't it matter? Meaning, if she says, you know what, Karen, I'm not ready. I'm still the widow Finkelheimer. I'm grieving my deceased husband. So then I can understand. She should get, she still get Mizonos. But if Karen Traub suggests, she says, that stinky guy, the fishmacher, I'm supposed to marry him. I'm not interested in him, but she's clearly very interested in dating. So maybe you would say in that case that she no longer is entitled to support from the Finkelheimer estate. So in other words, that's the question that the Gemara wants to know. Is Shmuel saying that categorically that it doesn't matter why she rejects the Shidduch offer? As long as she rejects the Shidduch offer, she's still entitled to support? So the Gemara clarifies. I'm of Anon. Didi... It was explained to me as follows in the name of Shmuel, like this. Exactly what we just said. If she says the reason why she doesn't want to accept the Shidduch's proposal is because she's still thinking of her late dear husband and she says, you know what, I'm still not over it, I'm not ready, so then Yeshlomazonos, then she still should be entitled to support. However, machmas pnei adam she'ena mehuganenlah ain't lemezonos. But however, if she, so, it, it matters. It matters what her expressed reason for not wanting to go out is. If it's because she is still tied to her first marriage, uh, the deceased husband, then she does, then she does get mezonos. If it's because she's not in, she is interested in continuing to date, but she's not interested in that specific shidduch suggestion, then ain't lemezonos, and she no longer is entitled to that support. So Amar of Chista, see, so Amar of Chista, let's do another question, uh, another situation along the same lines. Zinsa. So this is already a different case. She's, she's now, no, now Zinsa, where was this? Is this when she was married or not when she was married? So, so, uh, apparently, apparently this is after, right? Because we're talking about after the, after the husband died. Right? So, but then is that, is that really his nose? Well, it could be because it's not marriage. So the husband dies and she, uh, has relations with someone as a single, as an almana. Okay. The question is, well, once she's doing that, 
can't really say that she's so connected to her deceased husband, can you? Or can you? Is she still considered herself the widow Finkelheimer? Or, you know, we're, we just talked about, like, we're splitting the, the hairs. We're talking about with Shmuel. Like, why did she accept the suggestion for a shidduch? Why didn't she? But here, she was Mazana with someone. So you would think for sure, at that point, she forfeits her rights to Mazonos, right? Zinsla in la Mazonos. Oh, and Amar Yosef. So that's a Rechista's point. Amar of Yosef, Rav Yosef says, Kichlo Firchasa in la Mazonos. That it doesn't really rely on the Sharchan and exactly her response to the Sharchan suggestions, but you could tell by her behavior. She's starting to what? She doesn't wear a shaitel anymore. She's starting to put on makeup, kichla, or she's doing her hair, firkasa, braiding her hair, not wearing a shaitel anymore. She's clearly, right, ready to be back on the market, so to speak, right? She's back in business and ready to mingle. So, in Lamazonas, at that point, she's no longer acting like she is, right, the widow Finkelheimer. She's ready to move on and get remarried. So, that is... So one is Zinsa and one is Kichla Ophirchasa. So the Gemara says, Man da Amr Zinsa, Kol Shiken Kichla Ophirchasa. This is counterintuitive. You might have thought that if she was Mazane, so then that would be more of an indication that she shouldn't get Mazonas. Not exactly so. The Gemara thinks it's the opposite. The Gemara says, like, Znos can happen, but it's not necessarily an indication of her overall mindset regarding whether she's getting ready to get remarried. They think that actually dressing yourself up and going on dates is more of an indication of getting ready to get married. That's what the Gemara is saying here. That if you hold, that, right, that if you say Zinsa, so then Kol Shekain Kichla Pirkosa. Rav Chista would certainly hold that if she started dating, that she would no longer be supported. However, Manda Amar Kichla Pirkosa, right, however, um, Rabbi Yosef may not agree that she was Mazana, that she doesn't get support anymore, right? Manda Amar Kichla Pirkosa, Aval Zinsa Isla. But if she's just Mazana, maybe she should still get support. My timer, what's the reason? Yetzer Anasa, that if she was Mazana, that was just, right, because of, of like a heat of the moment kind of thing that had nothing to do with readiness to get married at all. That is not what you necessarily would have intuited, but that's the Gemara point. The Gemara's point is that her um, readiness to date in a formal fashion is more of an indication of her readiness to move on than this informal thing that happened um, that happened after the marriage and therefore... Um, that is the source of the machlokas, and that would uh, play out as far as whether she gets supported according to those two shitos. Okay, but everybody would agree that once she starts dating, it sounds like that she, in in earnest, right, and dressing as such, and not, um, then that she would no longer be supported, and that's the limitation as to when she stops being supported by the original estate of the first baal. Now, at the end of the day, none of this is lahalacha. In other words. Dating, her, her starting to date has nothing to do with support. She gets supported in all of these cases. Okay? There's only one thing that can actually stop that flow of support for the almana. And that is if she's tovea her ksuba. So this is what we were talking about before, Binyam. You were saying like, wait a minute. Mace Bala, she also gets a ksuba. Why are we talking about those other cases of the Isser? Well, that's the thing. That's the rub that I didn't mention before, which is a woman, Rahman al-Sun, is left with a bunch of kids. Okay? And she's widowed. So now she has an option. She can collect her ksuba, because we know that you can collect your ksuba in the case of death or divorce. 
But in the case of divorce, right, the, um, in the case of divorce, obviously, you're not going to end up supporting her. Uh, and I, I'm too mature to, to bring you into this since your first day back. But my point is that in it, it, you're, that he's going he's gonna to end up, right, halakhically, not giving, right, the Gerusha Mizonos. Okay. Not the case, not true in the case of Mace Bala. In the case of Mace Bala, now she has a choice. She can continue to collect Mizonos or she can collect the Ksuba as like an upfront payment. But then at that point, she's no longer entitled to Mizonos. That's the question. Oh, and that's what we said according to Shmuel. That that's the one thing that would actually stop the Mizonos. Collecting the Ksuba. Everything else, dating and all that stuff, yeah, it's assumed that you're going to, yeah, of course, once you get remarried, yeah, so, so once you get remarried, then you're no longer going to have to be supported by the original estate. But if you are, until then, if you're just dating, then you're still going to be supported by the original estate. All of the uh, little details that we said before are not applicable. However, there is one other way, other than getting remarried, which is to actually claim your ksuba. And that's what we're saying here, that once you claim Yuxuba, then Ein Lamezonos. That was the point of Shemuel. Says the Gemara, however, is that true? Velo? Vehatanya, but we have the following Bryce. The Bryce says, Machor Ksuvasa. Let's say a woman, and she could do this, the rights to the Ksuba, she sells it. Umishkina Ksuvasa. Or used it, let's say, as a down payment or security for a loan. Asta Ksuvasa Or she, right, she designated her Ksuba Right, as an apotiki for another one. In other words, land that was set aside to secure Aksuba, she designated to repay a different debt. Einla Mizonos. Once she does any of those activities with the Ksuba, in other words, she starts treating the Ksuba as currency and, and doing business with it. So at that point, she should no longer get Mizonos. So it says, honey in, avaltovas, lo. It sounds like in those cases, she forfeits the Mizonos. But the implication is that if all she did was demand the, the payment, she is not forfeiting, right, the support. Why? So again, tavas here doesn't mean that she got the payment. Tavas means that she demanded it, right? So the Lushan of Shemuel was hatovas ksuvasa, right? So the reason why there would be a distinction between the cases in the Brisa and tovas is in the cases of the Brisa, she actually followed through on a business transaction. She used the ksuba and some, with some follow through on the transaction. Tovas is just a claim. You didn't actually get it yet. So that's all, that's all the Gemara wants to say at this point. That, to, that the, the, the language of Shmuel is not precise. That when he says tovas, claiming, that shouldn't, um, disqualify her from support yet. She should only be disqualified. Everybody's going to agree she's disqualified once she actually is paid off, once she actually gets the ksuba. But does she really get disqualified from zone for the moment she claims it? So this Brisa has a whole list of different um, business transactions you could do with ksuba and leaves out Tovas. So what's Shmuel saying when he's saying that Tovas uh, stops the, the support? So says the Gemara, no, honey, when the, that it's still true according to Shmuel that Tovas would not be getting the support. But the Brisa leaves it out. Why? Because, honey, those cases where she's actually bringing, uh, doing some business with those, Ben Bebezdin, Ben Shalobebezdin, that the, in that case, they would stop giving her Mazonos, whether that happened in Bezdin or not. In other words, those business transactions, you don't do those in a Bezdin. You just go into, you know, right? You go into a business office 
or you make a phone call, you do it online or whatever it is that you do, and you make a business transaction and the transaction goes through, at that point you're no longer entitled to, to Mizonos. But Tovas, there's a ceremony to it. Tovas would be somewhere where you make a claim. But you don't make a claim online or on eBay. You make the claim in Besden. That's where you make a claim for Aksuba. That formal making of a claim in Besden will, in fact, according to Shemuel, no longer entitle her to Mizonos. But it's not included in the list in the Brysa because the list in the Brysa is those things which you could do online where it's actually a business transaction. That's what the Gemara answers. It's honey, ben bevesden, ben shalom bevesden. Those cases in the Brysa are irrespective of whether you did it in Besdin, they would disqualify her from Mizonos. Whether to, whereas Tovas, says the Gemara, bevesden in shalom bevesden, lo. That that would only, right, disqualify for her from Mizonos um, if it were um, done in Besdin. But if that claim was done online, so to speak, um, so then she would not yet be disqualified in Mizonos. And it is for that reason that's left out of the Brisa. But Shmuel's din, that Tovas is no longer entitled to Mizonos, is still true in the scenario where she does so in Besdin. All right, so now we're at two dots, 12 lines down from the wide. And we have the final part of the Mishnah. It says like this, V'chach ayu anche Yerushalayim. What's going on here? That the Anshe Yehuda and Anshe Yerushalayim had different ways of handling this. In the case of the Anshe Yehuda, they believed that what the Yershim should do is pay the Ksuba lechadchila and terminate the support. That's what the Mishnah said, okay? So again, like we said, guys, it's a zero-sum game. Either you're going to, as, as the widow, either you're going to be supported or you're going to collect the ksuba. So we said that the Anshe, right, Yerushalayim said, continue to support her. Whereas the Anshe Yehuda said, just pay the ksuba up front. Two different minhagim. So itmar. Okay, so regarding this, Rav Amar, Halacha Ke Anshe Yehuda. Halacha is that it's like Yehuda. So, which is to say, we allow the Yorshim to pay off the Ksuba and cut off the Almana from support. Shmuel Amar, Halacha Ke Anshe Galil. Right, so that, that was the Machlokas. Halacha is like Anshe Galil, that unless it says it explicitly in the Ksuba, we're not going to want, we're not going to, um, encourage the ksuba to be repaid, but rather the ksuba to continue to be, right, uh, the, the support to continue, right, um, indefinitely, right, until she decides, until the almana. It's really the, the, this really is the question, right? Is the almana going to initiate the payment of the ksuba when she's good and ready? Or are we going to tell the yorshim that they can initiate the payment of the ksuba, uh, on their terms, okay? So, right. So Rav says, it's on the terms of the Yorshim, and Shmuel says it's on the terms of the Almana. Okay. So now, so, so Bavel, Bechol, Parvadaha, Nahokarav. In Bavel, they would do like Rav, um, right, which, and that, and all the surrounding cities, right, and they would have the, um, right, that the Yorshim would initiate, and Naharda, Bechol, Parvadaha, Nahokar, Shmuel. And Naharda followed like Shmuel. So it's a ge- geographic thing. Now, wait a minute. Isn't Naharda in Babel? So in Babel, it must have been talking about the non-Naharda parts of Babel, the out-of-town. Like when we say, like, uh, I don't know, I grew up in, I grew up in Merrick, Long Island. So when people say, when people say five towns, five towns is technically in Long Island. But there's five towns and then there's Long Island, right? Because I, I lived in real Long Island. Right, as opposed to five towns, which is like it's technically in Long Island, but it's the five towns. So that would be, that would be, that would be the, the similarity here, right? Where Narda is in Bovel, but Narda would be the five towns here, because it's kind of like got its own 
little flavor that's unique to Naharda. Okay. And obviously the Yuj Yeshiva with all its customs. Okay. So, so Naharda followed, um, followed like Shemuel, right, where the widow can uh, initiate the Ksuba. So now we t- tell a scenario. So Mechoza was somewhere else, right, in Bavel, near Bavel, right? And she married a Neharadin. So according to Neharadin, she should have been supported. So also the commander of Nachman. And so they came and they have the following case in front of Nachman because she wanted to continue support, right? And, the, and they wanted to, but, but again, according to Neharadin, Right, they followed Shmuel, right? So therefore, she should continue to be receiving support. That was the, the custom of the, of the person that she, that she was married to. But, right, they came and they wanted to terminate support. The heirs wanted to terminate. So, so when Rav Nachman heard the case, he could tell that she had a Mechoza accent. So he says, yeah, no, pay her off the ksuba and you don't have to support her anymore. Because obviously she's got that Mechoza accent. So Amrulay, they, so wait a minute, they, so this can't be the Yorshim because the Yorshim want to discontinue support. So that's why they hear the Amrulay, that they is the lawyers of the woman who wants to continue to have support. They said, wait a minute, wait a minute. The, the husband was a Nardian and therefore she is still entitled to support. Aha, so Amr Lahu, so Rav Nachman said to the Ta'anim, right, to the lawyers of the widow, Iochi, Nardav, Achol Pavadon, no Kishmul. Oh, okay, I didn't realize that. All I heard was her Mechuzah accent, and I assumed that she should go according to the bubble rule of, of Rav, that she can, that the heirs could pay her off. But now that you're telling me that the husband was in fact from Nardav, where the widow continues to get supports, so then, oh, no, 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 no. He has to play by the rules of his own city. Goes based on the husband, and the husband should know better, and the Yorshim should even know, uh, should realize that, yeah, okay, he married a Machoza girl, that, that, but he himself was from Narda, and therefore Nagu Kashmol, and they cannot pay her off with the Ksuba, but rather the heirs have to, the Yorshim have to, in fact, continue to support her. To which the Gemara asks, Okay, so now we're saying that there's different province. So where do the five towns end? Hewlett? <laughs> like where where is the line where the five ta- where Narda ends? So the Gemara says Adhecha de Sage Kaba Narda until wherever you have this Kaba Narda the Kaba Narda. So it's not like today where well there's a little bit like we have the metric system and then right the American system. So there too the Kav whatever they consider the Kav that was a different um, uh, portion depending on different places. So the portions of the five towns are different than the portions in Merrick, right? A bagel, the two bagels don't look exactly the same. And, they, uh, and therefore, it is based on this cultural uh, sort of like uh, measurement, uh, that is what determines where the boundaries of Naharda are and thus determines whether you would hold like Robert Shmuel with respect to whether you would continue to support the widow. Okay. So now we have, once we're already talking about Rav Shmuel, we have more machloks in here regarding the ksuba as follows. Itmar, almana, Rav Amar shamin masha aleha, Shmuel Amar ain shamin masha aleha. An amazing thing. So the, the husband bought her clothes, okay? So Rav has a fascinating halacha. He says that you, when, when uh, once she's re, uh, collecting her ksuba and we're evaluating the estate, you deduct the clothes. She gets to keep the clothes and you deduct it from her ksuba payment, because the clothes that she gets 
is actually the property of the estate. That's a, that's a wild cheetah, right? Because, wait a minute. How, how does that work? Didn't we say that a Baal is chayev and sherek says ona? Yeah, maybe you could say he's chayev in that, right, so long as they're married. But once he's no longer alive, so then, right, it's no longer, it's no longer his responsibility. It's nobody else's but the husband's responsibility. And therefore, yeah, she gets to keep the clothing, but that's like she's pay, she pays for that. She gets, she, they deduct that from the ksuba. That's Rav Shita. No, Shmuel says her clothing, she is considered part of her own property and it's not deducted from the ksuba. She gets to keep the clothes. Does it, okay, and we're seeing a consistency here, right? The Shmuel says she gets to continue to be supported. Shmuel is the one that says she also gets to keep the clothing. So Amar Ravchia Bar Avin, Bechilufa Belaket. And the opposite would be with an employee, he points out. Which is to say that they held the opposite by employee. Like scrubs in a hospital. Like do you like when they give that to you? Is that does that belong to the doctor now? That's his clothing? Or is it like the hospitals and he has to return it if like he loses privileges and goes to a different or moves to a different hospital? So so whatever they hold by one, they would hold the opposite by the other. Okay. Uh, now a different version of this machlokas. Rav Kana masni v'chein belaket. Rav Kana says whatever you hold regarding the almana, that was also what Rav and Shmuel held with regards to the right, the employee as well. Okay, umanach basimana. And Rav had a an amanic to this because yasma veramalasa shalachupuk. When he says an orphan and a widow, let him take off their clothing. So in other words, that I don't know why you need an amanic for this. But he had like a mantra, which is, again, not intuitive to us, but the clothing that the, not only the widow, but even the children that they get is kind of on loan so long as the husband is alive. He's not going to take their clothing from them, but he's going to deduct it from the ksuba upon the termination of the marriage. Wow. Okay, so now the Gemara is going to give the halacha. Even though we have a Mishnah where it sounds like Shmuel, where they get to keep the clothing, we actually paskin like Rav that it's deducted from the Ksuba. How so? Well, the Mishnah is like Shmuel as follows, because we see the Mishnah in Erchin. The Mishnah says, Right, so a person, let's say, right, um, gets in a burst of inspiration, whatever you call it, right? He, he decides that he's going to consecrate all of his stuff to the base of Mikdash. Or he makes a nether and he says, my own value, I'm going to give it all for Hashem. Okay, give it all to the holy base of Mikdash. So what's included in that? In all of his nechassim, and all his possessions. If you're going to say that the clothing of his wife is really on loan, and it really belongs to the husband, so then her clothing have to also uh, be consecrated for the base of Mikdash, it's like, uh, as well, right? So the Mishnah says exactly not that. The Mishnah Erechen explains that even if he designates all of his belongings to the base of Mikdash, that will not include his wife's clothing, his children's clothing, and even, you're not going to say, oh, whatever colored garments that he dyed for, for, for that, and all the value therein, it's not the clothes, it's not their shoes, all that is not considered the property of the husband, technically, and so if he were technically to be, right, to consecrate all of it to the base of Mikdash, it would still belong to his wife and children, and that is according to the Shita of Shemuel, who says that 
they get to keep that. However, so now you've illustrated the Mishnah says like Shmuel that they get to keep the clothes. So then why is the halacha like Rav with respect to our case uh, of the Ksuba? So so he said to Rav, yeah, a fascinating Rashi here. Yeah, if you read the, the, like at first blush, if you read the Mishnah and Erechen quickly and you kind of like rush through it, so then you're going to think that it's like Shmuel. However, but look a little closer. If you look at the Mishnah closer, you'll see that it, in fact, even that Mishnah is, uh, tips you off to the fact that the should be like Rav. How so? My time, huh? Because like this, ki akni la. On what, on, on what condition did he give her the clothing? He only did so on the assumption that she was going to stay with him. Right? But then, if she was going to take the clothing and leave, he never gave it to her. In other words, the Mishnah's case is where they're married still. Oh, so so long as they're all living together as one big happy family, so he's, right, he's allowing them to own the clothing because he's assuming that that's yours because you're living under my house. No, but once they've separated, so then he's not, he doesn't want them to have that as their own anymore. And therefore, the, in that scenario, he's already, you could be Medayik, although I, I would not have seen that in the Mishnah, but if you're eyeing deep enough, you'll see that that's only on the condition that they're still there. But once they're no longer there, perhaps they would, the Mishnah even itself would agree with Rav that the clothing is no longer considered theirs in the Right mindset of the husband. Wow. Okay, so is there a case that illustrates this? Yes. Kalta Devei Bar El Yashiv, Hava Katavak Yasmi. Right, so the daughter in law in the house of El Yashiv was asked for her Ksuba payment. Okay, so she's demanding the Ksuba already from the Yashiv. So Hava Kamanti Lahula she was bringing them to, to Bezin, and Amri Zilla Minsal de Sizli They said, okay, you know what? It's very demeaning. They tricked her guys. They said, you don't want to go to the court looking like a schlub. You're part of the Finkelheimer family. You want to look regal. Okay. So she said, you know what? Okay. If they think that I'm, if uh, they think that I'm chashiv, I'll dress chashiv. Also, the Kameda Ravina. So then they go to the court and they say, Ravina, and he paskin like Rav that whatever she's wearing, comes out of the ksuba now. So he saw all his fancy clothing and that just reduced her, uh, her ksuba a great amount. Now, mind you, according to Rav, the clothing would have reduced the ksuba regardless of whether she was wearing it to Bezdin or not. But the point is they didn't trust her. They thought she was going to hide that clothing. So they made sure that the Dayan is going to see, that the rabbi will see that she has this fancy clothes and remove it from the ksuba. And the fact that that's how the story went down, that they in fact, right, that Ravina in fact reduced this fancy clothing from Aksuba is an indication that we do in fact paskin like Rav. Now two lines up from the bottom. Uh, when we have a Shchiv Meira, uh, whatever he says, it's as if it's written down in the star. So he says, let, He says, let the dowry be given to, the, to my daughter, right? Stand, uh, give her the standard dowry. Zal Nedunya, after his death, you give him that, uh, that sort of dowry kit that includes clothing and all the other things that you put in a dowry, it came cheaper. They came out with a, with a version of it in Lakewood that's like a fifth of the price. So when he intended to give it to her, did he, give her the, did he want to intend to give her the monetary value of this kit or just the actual dowry kit, as it were? So I'm Rabbi Idi Bar-Oven, Yasmi. The profit goes to the estate, which is to say, you only give the girl a dowry kit. If you found a cheaper, uh, a cheaper dowry kit that's, that's effective enough, 
then you can give her the cheaper one, even though, again, you're going to follow through with the tzavah of the husband, but you're going to give her the cheaper version, and it's fine. And secondly, so give her like this 400 zuz case of uh, wine. So, and if after the death, the wine appreciated in value, so now the 400 zuz, right, is, it's a much more expensive thing of wine. So in other words, even though the wine is now worth more, then you're always going to be mekel, so to speak, for the yorshim. And you can say you only give her 400 zuz worth of wine. Okay? Another one, uh, more with right? the, um, the woman was eating the yorshim out of house and home. So also come there, Yochanan. So he went to Yochanan and says, "We can't do this anymore. We need to get rid of this woman." Go, give them a land, tell, designate a, uh, one field, and she should just get from that field. So also come there, Shlokish, and Amalu, call Now she has an extra source. This you didn't do yourself any favors. She can get from that field and from the rest of yours. So Yochanan never told us that. He said designated field. So Amalu, Zilu Avula. He says, go give her what she's accustomed to. I'm going to make you forget that you ever heard of Rabbi Yochanan. Oh, wow. So also the commander of Yochanan, they went back to Rabbi Yochanan and says, Unbelievable. They said, Rish Lakish said that we only have to, we have to support her more. A lot of good your sock did us. And Rabbi Yochanan says, what can I do? Right? He conceded to Rish Lakish, amazingly. The great God in Eretz conceded to Rish Lakish and said that, he, that we have to listen to him. So I'm already, he says, it was explained to me later by Rabbi Yochanan, Amar Limazonos, it had to do with the Lushan. If he says Limazonos for support, Reba Limazonos, then you increase the support. However, Amar Bimazonos, right, in fulfillment of the support, right, obligation, causes Limazonos. So it has to do with the language that he was conceding to. That if he says Le, so then he's giving her more. But if he says Be, so then that's the limitation, and that would be the difference. Hadron Allah Narash and his patata, Bezashem tomorrow will continue Daphne Dalin of his base with the fifth parak in Masechas Ksubos.